0: Back to another episode of the blue turf we are not at the world famous kansas city soccer dome for this episode oh well could not, yeah could not quite make the timing work to be both there in person at the same time so all right so how are you today eric
1: i'm doing well it's always uh better to be on after a victory than it is after uh, sadness and defeat
0: it is it is it's uh, much much more fun uh much more fun for you to call the game I'm sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to uh, counting down the clock and uh, wondering ahead what's going to happen. So, all in all, a, a good effort. It was a rough weekend previous to that game for Kansas City professional soccer, but the Comets uh, pulled one out for Kansas City on Sunday.
0: Yeah, Sporting did not have a good game. The current were okay, but lost uh, even SKC2 lost. Uh, two, one, at uh, basically at the death. So, yeah, Comets were the bright spot.
1: That, yes, they were, and and a pretty convincing win. I, I think that uh, it, there was no doubt who was going to win the game. They they overcame their second quarter slump, as uh, your colleague Mike Hune has talked about, and uh, with a, a little bit of dip there in the third, but they closed it out really well and and won comfortably nine to four.
0: Yeah, probably the most complete game they've played. I don't, I don't want to say all season, but for a very large chunk of the season. Uh, how much of that was the Comets played well? How much of it was Harrisburg was just not good?
1: I, I thought Harrisburg put up a good game. They put up a fight. I thought what was different for the Comets, even with all the injury, and there were a lot of players out this week. The insertion of Matt Falk made a huge difference right away. Not only him individually, but he paired with Raggett. They clicked – and, and played well off each other, which I thought was a bright spot. You still see the Comets adjusting when, when you're short on defenders, Leo's found a way to get himself in the offense by switching out, even though when he, he's supposed to be a defender, sometimes you see him up front, but I think they're trying to figure out how can they move forward with the, the players available that they have. And, uh, they have a good test coming up this weekend with a chance to move up in the standings and, and clinch a, a home playoff spot for that play in game.
0: All right. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm sure. Uh, like you said, Mads came in and, and paired up. Well, I thought he looked good for having not played indoor for a decade. And, and he's a very, very talented futsal player, but it is a difference. It is not quite as smooth. Uh, as he said, it's, it's kind of funny hearing an uh, indoor soccer player talk about how it's a longer field than he's used to, but it's true for him. And then, of course, the boards and, and you know little other variances there. How well do you think he, he adjusted back from just being there?
1: Well, you saw his goal. It, 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 great touch on the ball, and he knows how to bury his shots. So for me, that, that's part of the battle right now. I think, I think the challenge is where you play on the field the fact that you have boards that, that you don't have with futsal, but I didn't feel like he was out of step with the flow of the game at all and uh, got immediately involved in the offense, got one of the three stars, which I think he, he totally deserved and made, made a huge impact. I had a uh, Comets fan message me Saturday night and, and asked me for my honest take on, on the Comets playoff chances and 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 what i told this person is and i would say this on the podcast is if the comets can score goals consistently they can go deep but this isn't a team that's going to win any three to two games and so if the offense clicks they can score with anybody when it doesn't click there they have thinness really on the back line with all the injuries etc that it's asking a lot for that team to grind a a win by playing defense. That's just not. First of all, it's not in their character, and and practically speaking, they don't have enough defenders to to get into a a uh, defensive chess match with other teams.
0: Yeah, it's the their defenders are more attackers for the most part, at at least a, a fair amount of them. Uh, speaking of, uh, how do you think uh, DeBray did on his second game playing for the Comets?
1: I think he's he's fitting into the team. He almost scored a goal, too. I mean, if you, you talk about attacking defenders, Sosa had a, had a couple goals, gave up the third one, uh, and, and it was a class move by his. The referees called a shootout with five seconds left in the game. Instead of taking it, he just dribbled it away, but Ray Lee was... Uh, impressive again, going uh, offense and defense. And Leo scored his 300th Kansas City Comets goal. I guess Missouri slash Kansas City Comets goal. So DeBray was the only one who didn't get in the offense, almost had a uh, had a goal, but he's not here to play offense. He's here to play defense. And, and I thought he fit in pretty well.
0: Speaking of that uh, shootout right at the end of the game, it was uh, earned by Junior Kazim dribbling down the field and uh, getting tugged down from behind on his jersey. He was a little upset initially at because uh, he wanted that opportunity to take the shootout so he could get a goal. But after Sosa told him he was just going to dribble it away, he said, yeah, okay, that's fair. So, Yep. It was well, a class move. It,
1: there was a class move, A. B, it was a smart move because you have to go into Harrisburg on Saturday, and the last thing you want to do is give them additional motivation by rubbing it in and scoring with, with five seconds left on the clock. So I, I think that was classy and smart by Sosa.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Although I'm sure Junior would have liked to have had the goal, but he understood. I talked to him after the game. He was, he was quite okay with it afterwards.
1: Hopefully the goals come from him when they need it most, which is Saturday in Harrisburg, because that's a, it's an interesting place to play in. The, uh, the field is set in a uh, equine center, right? So it's, it's laid on dirt. The dirt is not flat. And so the ball has a tendency to get weird hops and bounces. And so it's very different than what they're used to playing on. Harrisburg is comfortable playing there. And you look at their home record, five and five, respectable for a last place team. There's no gimmies for the Comets going there this weekend.
0: No. And we know that they would really like to win this game and potentially move up. So, Just to make it clear, I don't know if we said this already, but they're in the playoffs. They have finally clinched a spot right now. They're sitting in fifth and they would, if nothing changes, they would have to go on the road and play a playing game or whatever you want to call it against Utica.
1: So, so maybe let's, let's walk through. I'm 99% sure it's going to be Utica and Kansas city. There there are things that could happen to change that, but not realistically. So, Florida right now has 35 points. They're in third place. They have two games left at home, both against St. Louis. St. Louis is out of the playoffs. They have nothing to play for. Conceivably, could go, they go down there and sweep conceivably, but that's not realistic. Florida will likely get at least one point out of those two games, and, and they will hold that spot, which would mean you're looking at Utica and Kansas City. Here's how it shakes out for Utica and Kansas City. Utica's sitting at 33 points, Kansas City's sitting at 32 points. Both have won eight regulation games, which is the first tiebreaker. And here's where it becomes important. If Utica does not win in regulation at home Saturday night against Baltimore, they would be sitting at eight regulation wins. Kansas City would get a ninth win if they beat Harrisburg, so they would own Utica on the tiebreaker. And so if Utica doesn't get the full three points, Kansas City gets the full three points at Harrisburg, and by virtue of the tiebreaker, they would clinch fourth place. So so that's what's at stake. And what's interesting is both games are at the same time. And so Comets fans can engage in a lot of scoreboard watching because both kick off at 6:05 Central Time this Saturday night. Blast at Utica City, Comets at Harrisburg.
0: It would feel wrong to be rooting for Baltimore, but I guess that's what Comets fans have to do.
1: Well, so let's talk about what may be at stake for Baltimore. Right? Milwaukee is currently in first place with 42 points. Thursday night they go to San Diego which in itself is a difficult trip, right? We'll see if coach Giuliano Oliviero plays his full starters. We've seen in Kansas city before, sometimes he'll rest players, but every team has had a hard time winning there. Then they go from Thursday in San Diego, all the way across the country, Sunday in Harrisburg, right? Same issues, difficult field to play on, et cetera. Plus all the travel in there. They're at 42 points. Baltimore is sitting at 41 points. One game left is that game at Utica. If Baltimore has motivation here, if Baltimore wins that one in regulation, they'll be sitting at 44 points. And that puts a lot of pressure on Milwaukee in that last game at Harrisburg to get something. And if they don't, there's a chance for Baltimore to win the Eastern Conference Championship. So Baltimore, I would expect, will go full in at Utica on Saturday because they have an incentive to do so.
0: If you're uh, if you're the wave, do you go to San Diego with your full squad or you go to Harrisburg with your full squad, thinking that you're going to try to win one of those two just in, in clinch that first place spot?
1: Well, so here's the challenge for me Thad. I'm a competitive person and I like to win every game, but I understand what the Wave have been trying to do. They have a, a decent number of players on the other side of 30 and they're trying to rest legs. So if that is a motivating factor, you absolutely wait to Harrisburg. The challenge with doing this is if you go into San Diego and get thumped there, San Diego setting sending a message for a potential Ron Newman championship rematch, I guess, against against Milwaukee. And so I would think that from a uh, professionalism perspective and wanting to set a tone for a potential final, you definitely wouldn't want to slough off that game. So so I think that, that Coach Oliviero has some choices here, and it'll be interesting to see who's in that starting 16 or the 16 that they bring to San Diego on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I, there's a there's a definitely a logic to doing it either way, but I wouldn't worry as much about the San Diego sending a message for a potential final matchup because you would know that you didn't take your whole squad and it would be a different kind of game there. Uh, you know, you can go to San Diego and basically bunker it in and just hope for keeping it close and, you know, snatching a point or something if if I was Milwaukee and I think I would take the the strongest possible squad to Harrisburg because you would also know what you needed at that point.
1: I, I think that's fair. And, and so we'll see, so, you know, speaking of Harrisburg, we didn't see big Mike play on Mike Desilva Silva play right. on Sunday because he was serving the second game of a three game suspension. He did come on the trip, said, said hi to fans, gave yep. uh, a few hugs very, to his former teammates. Very teammate.
0: nice. Very class yep. act, Mike. Yep. He's missing
1: this game against Kansas city on Saturday so that benefits the Comets although Matt Brame who missed the game due to a, a one-game suspension last Sunday he'll be eligible to play this Saturday De is going to be on the roster I would assume or on the lineup against Milwaukee and he has Milwaukee roots there so I would expect him to try to put on a show Sunday in Harrisburg against the Wave
0: And I would wish him the utmost amount of luck on that day.
1: So there you go. All
0: right. Speaking of the potential matchups, though, just after I've said that, uh, I know we've discussed this very roughly over a couple of different podcasts, but now that it's kind of clear, there's a reasonably good chance Milwaukee's finishing in first. There's a reasonably good chance that Baltimore's finishing in second. It it could flip. We're be a very... uh, a uh, difficult opportunity for the Comets to finish in third. So we're talking fourth or fifth, most likely, which means Comets hopefully win that play-in game and would end up matching up with the first place team. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. We don't want to face Baltimore in that round.
1: Well, I think you, you absolutely, if you look at, potential matchups against milwaukee baltimore and florida milwaukee is the best matchup for kansas city for a couple reasons one is a fierce rival results already this year the comets already won that series and there's familiarity the comets have played milwaukee six times already right right baltimore lost all three games florida went one and two, including losing one at, at Cable Dahmer Arena. I think the, the conventional wisdom is you want to see Baltimore and Florida beat each other up in that next round and then and then hope for the best. thing about Baltimore is they've been resting uh, William Benzela in goal uh, just to take uh, some minutes off of him. And lo and behold, Zierhofer comes in and, and pitches a shutout last weekend against mesquite and will likely be the defensive player of the week once it's announced and so they they demonstrate that they have some depth at goal which i think is important and and we'll see what they look like the the rub on them earlier in the year is unstoppable at cq arena can't win on the road well they won in kansas city which is a difficult place uh, for for any team to play in, and so I think they have some confidence going in. If they can win at Utica Saturday, that gives them momentum heading into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Kansas City should be a difficult place to play, but they they've had a couple of games there where they did not show up as well as they should have. Obviously, but if I remember right, that was a game they completely outshot Baltimore but lost.
1: Well, they completely outshot Florida and lost. And Baltimore. I mean, I think in both those games, what you saw is teams watching Comets video and deciding we're going to press when we want to press, and we're going to counter them. And we've talked about this all yeah. year. When the Comets start throwing four or five players into the offense, they're susceptible to the counterattack. And Baltimore, in particular, took advantage of that at Cable Dome Arena. And, And these coaches, they're all adjusting. You've seen Leo Gibson adjust. Comets got thumped at Baltimore that first game, 9-2. to Played a very different type of game, that, that uh, rematch game in Baltimore. The, the travel day game where the squad wasn't always there, uh, wasn't all there when the game started. But they were competitive in that game. And I give a lot of credit to the, the game plan that, that Leo Gibson and Stefan Stokic put in place.
0: Absolutely, all right. If I understand correctly, we do know when the play-in game will be. If, if assuming yeah. that a miracle doesn't happen and the comments end up in third.
1: Yeah, it, it'll be Monday, April tenth, either at the odd in Utica or at Cable Dom Arena. If it's at Cable Dom Arena, it's a seven p.m. kickoff. I haven't seen the start time for Utica, but it, I would imagine it would be. So Seven, seven thirty their time. So six, six thirty central.
0: Yeah, I would I would also. Um, so it'll be a Monday game and then they would probably have a few days of rest and then play their first game on the Friday or the weekend. So no,
1: oh, I would be earlier than that because if you look at the cable dahmer schedule, the, the Mavericks are playing the weekend of the 14th. Okay. The Mavericks are playing at home. So you'd be looking probably at a Wednesday or Thursday short relatively short turnaround for the comments let's just say for the sake of argument they they go thursday the 13th that's uh there's a little bit of a turnaround but at least they wouldn't have to travel if they're at home if they're on the road you're flying on tuesday 11th from utica back to kansas city maybe getting a day of practice Wednesday, and then a showtime that Thursday. That'd be my best guess in, in terms of how it would look. But you've, you have to win that play-in game first.
0: Right, we'll, uh, we'll cover that in more detail because we'll know more detail next week after this weekend's games.
1: No, we will. And so uh, we'll, the Comets will get a break. So their last game will be, regular season game, will be April 1st, April Fool's Day. And nine days off. So, an opportunity maybe for a few players to get healthy. There were, there were, when I was at the soccer dome last week, there were a lot of players getting treatment. And then the list we got, the official list, the out list, I guess you could call it from the, the team for Sunday's game, was uh, fairly voluminous. And so the Comets had to adjust and bring in Matt Spawk, his help, bringing in Debray Holloman, has help. And yeah. and we'll see who's there this weekend, and then and moving ahead to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the uh, one of the big losses, obviously, will be Rian, whichever way we say his last name today. We now say
1: Marquez. Yep, and so but they've adjusted by having Regan and Junior as as the targets, with Leo sneaking up on occasion. To to be a, a a joint target, and so I I think they have a strategy to deal with that one. I think losing Nacho and we'll see when he's available to come back has been difficult. Natural midfielder who's been playing defense, so he brings grit, toughness, tenacity to that position, and and they they definitely miss that. And it it seems pretty apparent James Togba is not coming back right. this season, and so. They they just have to make do with what's left. the The roster freeze deadline is Wednesday, March twenty ninth. So after that, the only moves you can make is emergency goalkeeper. And the Comets made a move before the roster freeze deadline when it comes to goalkeepers.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, officially they just announced it today, I think. But uh, Stephen Tekeski is officially out for the rest of the year, and they brought back Sway. Sway Mazan, Mazon?
1: He was. I I talked to him briefly. I saw him at the arena on Sunday. So, your three goalkeepers are Neto, uh, Tito Favela, and 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 Sway. So, it's unfortunate for Takeski because he looked good when he played. And uh, I talked to him last week. He seemed to be in pretty good spirits. So Is hopeful for his rehab and looking forward to next season.
0: You know what the official injury was.
1: Broken thumb is what I heard. Did you hear something different?
0: No, I, I that was what I'd heard, but I was trying to remember if it was actually a thumb or a finger, but
1: yeah. It's kind of difficult to catch a ball when you when you have a broken thumb. So
0: it does kind of hurt.
1: It does kind of hurt. That's right.
0: And if you had to finish out five minutes in a game, maybe you'd do it, but with
1: one hand behind your back,
0: maybe? Yeah, I finished a game in goal one time with a broken arm. Wow. There's only two minutes left, and I threatened my defense to not let in any shots. so Otherwise, I would harm them when I was healthy. There you go. I was going to say something else, but I'll leave it nicely. We All haven't right.
1: talked about the West yet. So San Diego's running away with everything. They're sitting at 57 points. Chihuahua's clinched second place. And it looks like Empire will finish third. They have a matchup coming up with Tacoma this week, and, and that will seal the deal. It, it's questionable between Tacoma, Mesquite, and Monterey, who's, who's coming through for the fourth and the fifth. And that, that will be determined. But how about a big shout out to the Dallas sidekicks? People wondered whether they would actually win a game this year, and they in a, in a second leg of a home and home series against Tacoma, came up big and beat them five to three on Sunday. So kudos to the sidekicks.
0: Congrats to Dallas. They uh, they do have an incredible goal differential, minus 88.
1: Yeah. It, it it's pretty large. I think what's been interesting though is if you look at that Western Division or Western Conference. And the Western Conference fans have been bragging how superior the Western Conference is to the the East. Yet, you've had some teams that have been playing Dallas six times this year. And I I think it's had an impact on not every team, but some teams' records. Because if you look at Mesquite right now, sitting at 11, 9, and 2, take away their six games against Dallas. and, And that paints a different picture of their season. Right. And so Monterey... Also right now, 11-9-2, two, have two games coming up against Dallas, which are going to be big. Dallas has nothing to lose, maybe feeling a little good about themselves having won. Monterey is sitting at the sixth spot right now. They absolutely need to win both games. They want to keep their playoff hopes alive.
0: Yeah, and with those five points difference between sixth and third right now, it's – it's still uh, pretty much a toss-up for all of those teams. And all those teams, except for Chihuahua, have two games left to play.
1: Right. Well, let me just walk back slightly what I said about Monterey. Is there a mathematical way they could split the series with Dallas and back into the playoffs? Sure. But at this point, they still have a, a shot at hosting the four or getting fourth place, which would allow them to host the the play-in game. That's That's where you want to be. If you are Monterey, you absolutely want to have any home field advantage you can get at this point of the season.
0: And it's, it's interesting because Monterey is one of those teams we thought would actually be competing for maybe a top two or three spot early in the season, just the talent they had.
1: They look good. They had a coaching change and so did Chihuahua, but Chihuahua seems to have fared better with their coaching change and, and sitting at 47 points right now. And uh, I've, I've looked like a team that can compete with San Diego in the West. Didn't say they're going to beat San Diego. I said, they can compete with San Diego.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, like you said, first and second is clinched. I mean, first is San Diego. Second is Chihuahua. There's no change happening there no matter what happens. But after that, it's a it's a toss-up for anybody except Dallas.
1: Yeah, there's some big games coming up this week. So on Thursday night, flash at sidekicks. But Stars-Strikers is the one I think you're going to want to watch because Tacoma probably reeling from that loss against Dallas. They're in the fourth position right now. And their playoff hopes are – were looking really good a few days ago and now are questionable. So if they could pick up a win at empire, that would be big. If not, they're going to be sweating this coming weekend.
0: No doubt. And and you said earlier about how the Western conference can, you know, have been bragging and, but some of them have built their record against playing Dallas. You could say some similar things with some of the, uh, how much Harrisburg? I mean, they've actually got a, obviously a much better record, but must a lot of that has occurred in the last month or so? I think that's been three of their wins,
1: and and because there hasn't been a balanced schedule in both divisions or conferences, there've been teams that have played the max against the seventh place team, and I think that has had an impact on their records. What I would say to that that is everybody knew what the schedule was fair or unfair, balanced or unbalanced at the beginning of the season. So it's not like the rules changed midway through. It's just ultimately some teams won the games that they should have won and some teams didn't. And I think if you're the Comets right now and you just go back to that home game against Florida and that home game against Baltimore, and if the results were different, Comets would be looking at a, a very different viewpoint for the postseason.
0: absolutely and for them it did come down to several different games of you know uh giving up a a win to a draw at in the last minute of a game and you know losing that two points that they could have had that this happened several times they don't have anybody themselves to blame in that regard i'm not saying that at all but still having a much more balanced schedule and more level amount of games against various teams some teams have made a lot of uh points off of playing teams that were struggling all year. So it's it's
1: but but you ultimately when you head into the playoffs, you ultimately have to figure out how to win on the road regardless. And so doesn't really matter what Kansas City has done at this point. It's a question of what they're going to do moving forward. Can they get a result this weekend? And can they get past Utica one way or the other? And then if they can what team is going to show up playing against Milwaukee.
0: Yep. They, uh, they definitely need a, uh, a win on the road this weekend. All right. Anything else we should uh, bring up before we go?
1: No, other than, um, hope that Comets fans stay tuned Saturday night. We'll have a better idea of what to expect. And then next week, it, it may be an opportunity for us that, to not only review the regular season, but, but hopefully we'll have a better sense of, what that Casey Utica matchup should look like. We'll, we'll have a sense of whether Utica made any last-minute roster changes too, who's healthy and who's not heading into the playoffs.
0: All right. Thanks for the time, Eric, uh, as always. And uh, appreciate you always bringing your, your knowledge to the, the podcast. I appreciate that a lot. And I think we are out.
1: Thanks as always for having me here. It's been a a great ride so far. Hopefully we'll have a few more episodes to do this season.
0: We'll have at least a couple. And (laughs) I think, uh, I already have some story ideas for in the off season. We'll get together and talk even when there's not games. Good,
1: Good deal. Look forward to it.